And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hi, Niall. All right, Joe. How you doing, man? This is good. This is a real long time no see. Yeah, it really is. What continent do you think we saw each other last on? You know what? It would have had to have been America. would have had to have been Pacific Northwest. I'm guessing I was still a teen. Oh, my gosh. And I'm about to be 30. No way. It hasn't <laughs> been that long. Really? I, I think so. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's gross. Is your birthday February 1st, like mine? No, February 21st. So we was, we're still on the good side. You know? Yeah, we sure are. Yeah. My wife and I were just talking about when we went to your house after a Shin show. Yeah. And we thought you were there, but you weren't there. We had dinner with your, with your parents and Sonny. Yeah. I, I'd have been maybe when I was living in Sheffield and mm. I was touring with a Leeds band, I think, at the time. So I was touring a lot. Yeah. Back when we used to all tour. I know. 
Are you in Manchester now? Yeah, so we moved back from Portland uh, with my wife and mm -hmm. we were just like, let's set up, move back to kind of do music stuff specifically just because the infrastructure was a bit easier um, here than setting up in Portland because it feels like everyone moved to rehearsing and having their own studios in their houses but when you're like renting with a bunch of people that's not possible and right. then in manchester it was it, there there's still like it's like how portland was i guess when we kind of moved over there mm -hmm. when it was like there were a bunch of practice rooms still kind of knocking around like um we're, we're coming to the end of that era i think in manchester now but we moved back and we've just been in like back in the uk for the long haul i think yeah how's manchester feeling with the virus and the infections and the i mean you know it's just like like everywhere like boring and then when you know the government isn't paying attention to you you know where you just like and the fact that they just admitted at least now to like end a scandal or like i know push it back that. they're just like no 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 it's fine just go back just to kind of win favor and i don't know it feels like most of my friends have all had it twice mm -hmm. i've had it once you know yeah. we're all we're all vaxxed up to the eyeballs and i feel like at this point if you're lucky enough to like get it and it not do anything i'm kind of like right let's just let's just move things on now yeah i agree with you yeah i have not gotten it yet but i'm just you know any second any yeah, second, it, I'm going to sneeze and I'm going to be like, oh, God. The go. Losing your taste and smell was one of the worst things. Taste I could live with. I was like, no, nah, that's fine. That's just like depressing and quirky. But like smell was really depressing. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it out. Yeah. Fairly unscathed. And it's not you... the best smelling city. So I wasn't really missing out <laughs> on that point, you know. So how have you been spending your time in the last couple years i guess really at this point yeah well we we used to rehearse and had like studio set up underneath this bar just up the street from my house and when everything kind of got put into lockdown we got kicked out which oh. was a drag we were part of the furniture there um but we kind of came to them with an offer where we were like hey listen let's turn your entire basement into a functioning studio and we can have bands through. And they, they kind of didn't want to, they didn't want to go for it. So me and my friend who's an engineer, we found like a space in one of the like few remaining mills and the guy, uh, the landlord had just a corner that was just abandoned. And he was like, here's your space. There were no walls, no electricity, nothing yeah. like that. And he was just like, do whatever you want with it. Rent is 280 uh, a month and, I, and then he was like and you only start paying rent when it's finished wow i was like this is great this works perfectly so we spent like a month building it you know like doing construction like learning yeah. to do construction <laughs> which was not my finest moment um and then we just built like in amongst you know, the worst, the worst sections of a, of a really like derelict building. We've got this yeah. like beautiful, like haven and you are like hermetically sealed. It's amazing. We don't really even get cold in the winter. Um, wow. You guys did a good job. It yeah, well, like. We had nothing else to do. And my friend, you know, he was on furlough, so he didn't have to go to work every day. I had yeah. nothing. To, I couldn't 
I, I didn't have to learn songs or remember them because I didn't know when I was going to play them again. So yeah. I was like, let's just do new stuff. Man, you I were know. truly motivated. That's great. I And there's two things I want to say about that real quick is yeah. that 280 quid is a great deal. And I've rehearsed in buildings mm-hmm. like that a million times. And often the circumstance is, you know, the landlord is cool. You know why that landlord's cool with the money? Because band people are security for his derelict building because we're there all night. Well, I've got I've got a fun story about. Yes. So when, when we moved in, the only people that were on our floor were like a smackhead band at the end. Mm-hmm. And they were like old mank men. And yeah. we were like, I am not. We are not moving our studio here because they they sucked and they were, they were the worst. And the landlord, when I spoke with him, and he's a quirky guy. He's kind of like you have to beg him to like let you pay him. You know, I'm just like okay. Um, I was like, hey, can we kind of do something about this? Or like, I'll move my friends in. Like, we can we'll do up your whole this whole section of the building. And he was like, oh yeah, they've not even paid rent for like nine months. And I was like, kick them out now. Yeah. Um, so we got to basically take over that entire side. And my landlord, as a character, he lets a guy live in the mill. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and bear in mind, on our side of the building, there's like, there's no running water. It's, it's, it can be bleak. Like, yeah. and, um, but there's a guy who is maybe in his 50s who's like a drug dude who mm-hmm. lives in the mill in this little practice room, uh, no windows, and he wears mirror ball pants, um, like, every day, permanently. It's just his one pair. And the, the man's, like, Whoa. supposed to be security. Oh, my gosh, like, really? Yeah, yeah. And um, we th- this, this landlord, every six months, he pays a witch, like, all his money. <laughs> I'm not joking as well. Like, he pays a witch all his money to try and counteract a curse that was put on him by his ex-partner who used a different witch and every six months like you'll he'll kind of ask for some money because he's like oh the curse the curse the curse and i'm just picturing like it's this it's like sisters you know what i mean that like he's (laughs) they're paying the same family you know right yeah wow not to look a gift horse in the mouth but you know you have to Working musicians often find themselves in these situations. Yeah. It's so great. And and it's that's the fun bit where you're still like, those kind of characters make me feel like the gentrification in Manchester's like still been kept at bay in certain sure. areas because I'm like, these are the characters that get pushed out, you know, when cities yeah. change. And no one would believe you if you, you know, yeah. like... yeah. You tell these things and people don't believe you when they live in like a clean city, you know? Yeah. Um, and bands, like, you know, bands see just the nature of where we have to hang out. We see the weirdest shit. Exactly. You know, that no, no one would believe otherwise. This this was another thing. We'd, we built the studio. We made the pivot. We built the studio. I like, I got a movie soundtrack I did it at the very start of like the first lockdown. And so I put mm-hmm. all the money I got paid, like literally just went, right, this is what's going to do up the whole studio. Yeah. And I was thinking if I get five years out of this place, because I knew yeah. it was just too good to, 
you know, to be true, really. And I was like, if I get five years here, um, that to me is all worth it. That all that money. I mean, most of the things that we built can be removed. Um, sure. Yeah. But we're coming up on two years, and it does feel like there's an axe, you know, yeah. waiting to come down. But <laughs> it, it basically we took it as a policy to go because we don't know how long we're going to be here. Let's try and make as much music as possible. And so it, it's it was a really like nice and creative way of having a schedule. If you've just sure. imagined, you know, you imagined you're going to get evicted. So yeah. it was, it's been kind of nice. Yeah. Um, your dad's story isn't the same, but there's a parallel with the studio and you guys being both motivated to just fucking scramble and work your asses off. I mean, where do you think I learned it then, Joe? Yeah, I know. Like, you know. Man, that's great. A lot of people I talk to, or I ask a lot of people, you know, what, what the pandemic in this involuntary downtime has done and half the people say it's just made them anxious and they haven't done anything the other half are happy about it and it's a time for them to like reflect and have a little solace in this situation sounds like you have been highly motivated to learn how to build and uh of course write as many songs as you can in that thing that you built which sounds yeah. like a cool studio yeah gives you gives you sense of a day job yeah. I like I like being a day job musician. It like yeah. su- suits me. I'm with you on that. Um, I know that you probably haven't traveled much, but have you played any shows or traveled? Yeah, we got to play. Um, I booked like four shows. You know, just mm-hmm. easy spread um, yeah. in the UK. That was like last year, and I we booked them. You know, in like February for. October because I was like yeah. let's I want them to be as late as possible and everyone was like no book them for when everything's going to open up and obviously everything got pushed back and so I just for me I didn't have the heart to like cancel or like postpone stuff because it's just it's so depressing and I've never been in a situation where I'd not played live for that long ever mm-hmm. and for the first time in my entire life I became like a studio guy and and, and I and I love doing that, and I love that workflow. And then I like convinced myself I didn't like playing live, and I convinced myself I'd forgotten how to play live, uh-huh. and all of those things that's like muscle memory where you're like, I've forgotten all of it. Like I yeah. don't know if I can perform. And the first show, and we were doing a bunch of new songs, and I wanted to like move on with technology, you know, and, and inter- integrate a couple of things that I'd not done before that we'd kind of done on records. And I was like, shit, how are we going to do this? And I was so stressed. And mm-hmm. and then I felt like such an idiot as soon as I got on stage. Because it was like, we played the hometown show first. And it was the biggest venue we've ever played. So that was, that was stressing me out, you know. And we didn't quite sell it out, but nearly sold it out. And wow. I was expecting, I was expecting no one. You know, I, I was, and I was expecting no one and I was happy with no one. And then as soon as I walked on stage, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is actually like, I really enjoy doing this. Like you just convinced yourself you hated it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and then I got to go to California for a bit, which was pretty be- being back in, in the States. I was suddenly like, oh man, I, I really got that like inspiration shot just cause your brain's somewhere else. And I love, you know, the West coast of America so much. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it really, I do need to go there often. Yeah. Otherwise I start to feel a bit twitchy here, you know. I gotcha. 
I feel the same way about going to the UK and Europe. It's time. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think this next time you go, my friend who I tour with, who I play with the Hans Orchestra, you'll completely get where where this is coming from. This, you know, when you're in Europe and it's like every day you're in a new city with this like crazy historical cultural landmarks like round every corner, and yeah. you get totally burn out on euro culture sure you know she i was walking down the street and i think we were somewhere like in poland or somewhere you know kind of we'd not been i'd not been many times you know touring and Mm -hmm. she just turned to me when we were walking down the street and she she just kind of went oh yeah that lho and i was like lho LHO and she just went you know large historical object (laughs) and I was like that is so brilliantly dismissive like it's it's so like so funny yeah it's so (laughs) shit and and from as soon as she mentioned that I was like this has now completely changed my entire approach to like Europe touring just because it's so insulting like in a really oh, perverse it's like so, a, that is so funny I, so, i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that yeah large historical object yeah you know i would guess that all americans can relate to this and we probably have the same version of that and we would call it the bread and cheese effect because every backstage is just piles of bread and cheese yeah and americans will eat too much of that i mean for probably about 30 days and then like day 31 like Maybe not so much. Yeah. Touring's such a weird, it's such a weird job and it's such a weird headspace to be in. Yeah. No matter what level. Like, you know, it's the same thing, just scalable, you know, from mm-hmm. like when you're just in the van to when, you know, you're at Shin's Modest Mouse level. It's the same weird. It's just, yeah. it's just at different levels. And I remember, I, mean, I can't believe I'm, I'm now basically taking a highbrow podcast and I'm going to, I'm going to really drag it into the gutter. But, <laughs> It was a moment where we used to play this venue somewhere down south in England, and it was on it was on the toilet tour circuit. You know, uh-huh. it's like you, so we'd play there all the time. And when I was in my my first band, Man Made, where we were just because it had come straight from like Modest Mouse world mm-hmm. to to this, I then took the American approach to touring to a tiny island, and right. we and I burn out everyone like it was it was it was great and because i had like infinite stamina for this because i was like no 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 this is how you do it this is how you do it and it's just not how you do it in england yeah so we'd always we just lap and we just keep doing laps (laughs) and um and but we so we'd always get to this this venue that we'd play in because obviously by the time you got to the top end of the island Uh it was time to come back down you know um and we got to this one venue and they were always really nice. And it was like, a, it was a cool little venue, but the timing and the, you know, the kind of way you'd, you'd always hit it, your digestion by that point would be a bit off. Right. And then you'd kind of be there and it, the venue's tough. It's a tough one, but the crowd's always good. So you, you liked yeah. playing it, but it was, it was hard on you. And I remember this was about the third time we played it and we were driving to some other, you know, like nameless venue Mm -hmm. after playing there. And I remember the guy, one of my bass players, he just kind of, in a moment of van silence, was like, 
man, is anyone else's ass bleeding? And we, and you know, in those those long drive silences, yes, and, each, and all of us, like everyone, like the the you know, my friend who's helping as tour manager, like my friend who was helping do merch, like everyone in the van was like, oh my god, yeah. Every time we got at that venue, the like toilet paper situation, because it's always like peak. Right. Oh man, and it just. It's oh, like so... so everyone ends up with bleedy bum. Yeah, that's and that's hilarious. It's <laughs> and it's those moments where you just like, man, we're all having this exact same experience together, but no one. It's like touring allows you to say stuff between the people that you're with. Sure, yeah, because you at this point you've you're just the same brain. Like yeah, you're individuals, exactly. but you're all the same brain. The now. same beat up brain. Yeah, yeah. Doing and it's, the same thing together every day. Yeah. And it's great. <laughs> and I miss it. I miss it yeah, dearly. I know. You know. I miss it too. I wanted to ask you how how is touring and, and or playing show more playing shows with Hans Zimmer? Um, it's a trip. The first time I toured with him was a long one. It was ten months. And it was the same show for 10 months. And I'd never done that before. And that was the, the, like the first one. And I didn't know how to even translate that music to have guitars play on it. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of movies that my dad had done that I needed to be the cheap replacement. Yeah. Because they were like, right. they can't take my dad for nine months. And they were like, <laughs> the short list of people they know that can sound like him is pretty yeah. short. <laughs> um, and then I, I just didn't know how to play like indie guitar on Pirates of the Caribbean, you, you know, sure. shit like that, where I was like, right. and, yeah, yeah. and I was, I was petrified. And when I worked out how to kind of translate that music and sit inside it, it was like a real trip. Cause it's, he uses like, you know, like indie and pop chord changes, like beauty, which is one of the reasons I think his music's the good stuff is so well loved because mm-hmm. it's, it's regular pop chord changes but they're like stretched you know with oh, okay. the most yeah. beautiful arrangement of instruments that you would never be able to afford you right. know to, to play with so it's like at its core it's it, it can be distilled to a band and once i worked that out i was like oh i'm in like the most expensive band you can assemble yeah um, interesting and it's a trip but you get because the way the tours work we it's the same. It's got to be the same show. We don't travel with an orchestra and a choir. Each city, usually, like depending on how far we're traveling, each city will get a choir and the orchestra, and they'll have been rehearsing the show for this. I see this gig, yeah. and then so we have to do the show the same way because they're they're reading and they're following the the bar counters and everything. Yeah, but. As you know from longer tours, if you don't change something up, your brain can really kind of, it, you can start getting lost in sure in a show. Like what day is it? Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It telescopes even that far. Like where am I? Yeah, totally. What part of the song am I in? But and the, and then the songs are all like twenty minutes long. <laughs> right. Good um, lord. But man, you get these moments where even so because you've played it so much, you are so inside it, you know, where you can play it completely with your eyes closed, you know, Mm -hmm. and you then start kind of doing stuff uh, to keep it interesting. One of the the guys in the band, 
we play this game. So we're on in-ears and mm. um, guy mixing the in-ears, you know, because at this point we're on month six. Nothing's sure. changing. You know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we know what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, and we just started to go, I was like, don't tell me, um, but some point in the gig, put whatever he's doing really loud in my ears really loud yeah and we then he the monitor guy was then starting to deliberately try and like fuck me up and it'd be like there'd be a few times where i have to do like a solo out in front you know and my job Mm -hmm. in that band is to be like rock is to be younger than everyone in the band by like 15 years minimum and and the only one who tours but then so there'd be times where i'd be like at the front like ego ramping (laughs) Because it's it's that kind of show, yeah. And um, and then all of a sudden, I'd hear like some silly like metal riff oh, coming. Oh, that's like, so it, funny. Yeah, it, it it really kept you on your toes. Yeah. Did you ever fuck up? Oh, so many times. Oh, you know what, the the fun one, which I I, I know you will enjoy. Yeah. Because that was the thing that you know when like if we go back to Modest Mouse, the level mm-hmm. of like improv that went on in that band still blows my mind that like how the structure even you know like how any of the wheels stayed on like blows my mind and then we did on the hands thing because obviously that is the least improv thing you can you can possibly do and then we had a, a show where the rig uh, like the third show in or something, the like tech rig went down that had everyone's like bar counters and the click track and the queue. Yeah. And it just went off. And I was looking at everyone's faces because these classical musicians, suddenly the rug has been pulled out from under right. them because they read and they count. And it was during a really complicated song where like, most of the band are playing in this crazy time signature and I have to do this like guitar solo thing in four across Mm -hmm. everything. And they're always like, how can you, how can you do that? Like, how can you, how come the click never trips you up? And I'm like, I'm listening to the tune. Yeah. And when the whole rig went down, I was like, now we're a band. I was like, welcome. And it was a train wreck. I loved it. Like I, it was at some hotel, it was some casino in Vegas. And yeah. I just remember having the best time because I was like, we're, we're playing now, guys. Oh, you know? wow. That's fun. Yeah. How, it did, was, how did everyone not... feel after that? Was everyone? Oh, I, I, it was like so, it was such a fuck up. It was like heads will roll. Like, right. you know, it was like parade the techs in front of us. Like what's happening? You know? Yeah. It was right. not acceptable. Um, Man, that sounds fun. Are you going to do any more of that? Yeah. So I was supposed to be on tour now. Um mm. But we're coming out. We're going to Berlin to rehearse next month. So whole new show. Um, I think this time we've got circus performers, which was new to me. Naturally. I found that out like two days ago and I was like, okay. But who knows at this point? Just who knows? What if you looked over at the first rehearsal with the circus performers and one of them was your dad? (laughs) In a leotard. On stilts in a leotard. He's like, I just didn't want to tell you. I wanted to surprise you. You know, yeah, that. I've seen my dad do some pretty questionable <laughs> shit over the years. And that, as I'm sure you have as well, Joe. Like, um, but I think leotard, like 15 foot in the air, yeah. is not part of the, like, father remit. Yeah. 
Right. I think I think anyone's seen their their dad in a leotard, like a unitard. <laughs> yeah. No. I don't. Yeah. Um, are you going to be able to play any of these new tunes? Um, as soon as we finish the hands tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so we our our tour finishes, and then it's like then we're in it, and then it'll be getting the band back together. That's great. Yeah, because we've got we're sitting on a full album. Oh, you are. So this this seven inch on Park the Van is just two songs from the full record. That was just to release new music. Oh. Um, so we've got a full album that we're we're waiting to kind of start releasing. But all right, man. Well, you know. I love these the both these tunes. I want to play. Only time can break your heart. Sound cool? Fine choice. Yeah. All right. Here we go. tune i love it i hear some indie americana in there i'm assuming uh that's from your time spent in the portland oregon area but i also hear one of my favorite bands of all time the laws are you down with the laws absolutely i you know what 
I still like to think that There She Goes is like kind of my favourite song. Um, you know, just it it was one of those tunes where as a kid, like as a little kid, you know, when I was like seven or eight or something. Yeah. That was my favourite song. And it's kind of still every time I, if it comes on and I play it often, I'm yeah. never it, it's never like. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not in the mood to hear this. It's like drop everything and and sort of listen to this. Yeah. Um. I think my my dad has a. He's he told me this story because I think I was a little too young to remember it. But um, growing up, uh, Lee Mavers, like my dad was working with him. Um, and Lee was at the house, and I think I might have been like five, something like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe even younger. Um, my dad was like, oh. There she goes. Niall loves, he, he loves There She Goes. And Lee was like, right, give us a guitar. And apparently my dad, like, so like in the kitchen, yeah. I'm like, like a, a child, a like little child sitting yeah. on the floor doing something. And I had then Lee Mavers play at full gig oh volume and God. full intensity. Like, he's like, right, I'm doing a gig for a kid. I'm doing the gig right now. Amazing. And my dad apparently is like, fucking hell. That was a bit intense. Like he's a kid, like you know, and apparently it just literally was like, like sang at me. And the dude's voice is loud as well. Is it? Yeah. Because yeah. if you look at those like early footage, you know, they're like early film stuff. The Lars. There's a couple of TV performances in in England. Mm-hmm. You know, when it was really good. He's so intense, and he's mastered singing in the range that suits his voice. I've never heard. Oh. Like right. him and maybe like Neil Finn, you know. Sure. But yeah. like I've never heard anyone do it like that Lars stuff because every song is the perfect range that suits his voice. Yeah, that makes sense now that you say that. It, yeah. It's a thing I've really tried to work out. Uh-huh. And, you know, the older you get, your voice changes, you know, your kind of register changes and what it is you do changes. But I'm now... The older I get, the more I'm trying to be aware of that. Yeah. You know, that obviously for me, everything I do musically still just ties back to like being like 14 in Portland. Honestly, it's crazy because it was just like, oh, that's just what you do. But that 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 Modest Mouse period could not have happened at a better age for me. Mm-hmm. You know, when right. you're just like. Because pre my dad joining, loved Modest Mouse. So that's yeah. a wild thing, you know. Like, that's that's nuts. And then the, that whole Pacific Northwest scene at that time with all you guys was so... It was just, like, so defined and, like, dominant. And it, it was the fact that, like, everyone of, like, Mouse World occupants... Uh-huh was to me as a kid seemed like they were in the best band that has ever existed. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, it was just a massive collection of the best bands I've ever heard, you know, and it was one after another and the modest mouse life change. It was like, I got catapulted like about six rungs up (laughs) on a ladder (laughs) that, that would have taken me a while to climb. Yeah. And man, it's it's just like it's still completely shaped me as a human being. Yeah. It that's makes me think of James Mercer 
Yeah. Who spent time in the UK mm-hmm. as a young teen. And he has this British influence, kind of a, there's an 80s British influence that is inherent in his songwriting and stuff. And it's kind of like the reverse of your experience. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, I think as well, like, it's it's what makes me really laugh because, like, all the American bands that I love all want to be English bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and then it, it's like all the American bands that I'm, uh, all the English bands that I'm friends with, you know, our kind of lot, we worship all the American yeah, bands. Yeah. And it's a good, it's a good situation. But to, to be like, to be like part of it, you know, to be a little kid around it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Was a total trip. Yeah. I'd never seen people look the way they, everyone looked. Sure. I'd, I'd never seen I'd never seen grown-ups with tattoos, mm. like you know that, that weren't like like northern like pr- sort of prison or football tattoos, you know, yeah. from England. Gotcha. Yeah. I'd never seen adults with that. And then like it was, it became so like mythologized for me. This was insane for me to be a fan of all these bands. It was similar to my dad's like influence and infrastructure in Manchester that I just took for granted because I grew up around it. And it's like, oh, all these musicians are at your house. You don't really, you don't care about because you're a kid. Sure. And these are just my dad's friends. Yeah. And then as I got older and then when we were in Portland, it was like, well, hang on. All these people around Modest Mouse are all my favorite bands. Right, yeah. You know, and it was just like, what? You just walk up the street and there's like, the guys from the shins, you know, like dudes from Death Cab, like the thermals, you know, it was it was just like insane to be a kid and like plonked in that. Right. Um. So this tune and the other tune, you recorded this in your studio, right? Yeah. Sounds great. And your primary instrument is guitar and vocals. Um, did you play anything else? Do you have a band? Uh, on this, these two tracks, I was playing bass. Uh, mm-hmm. That was more a logistics thing than, sure. than anything. The drummer uh, in my band, we've gone through so many drummers. It's feeling a bit spinal tapian at this point. Yeah. But man, we we got this we got this drummer who his his like feel. It's so funny. We I, I just kind of get him to turn up, and we're just like, hey, here's the track. What do you want to do? And it's always the right thing. It's always the right thing. And I've, I've learned to not involve myself too heavily yeah. in what he does. That's great. Some, sometimes I'll sit and listen. There's only been a few drummers where I can sit and listen to drums. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but then like on the actual album, I dipped my toe into some kind of synths things. Yeah. Cause, but I, I was very aware I didn't want to go down that route. Now this is who I am. And this is all I do because it's like it's such a can of worms and I just kind of wanted to make sure at its core it was still like guitar music and can just be played you know as, as just kind of songs because we're mm-hmm. only a three-piece band as well oh really okay it's, it's got to work as a three-piece and it's because yeah. I'm playing these like crazy tunings that allow all these weird harmonics and and it's part of the reason I play in tunings was because there's only been three of us so right. I'm like, the guy playing guitar has got a sound as big as possible. Yeah. You know? Plus, the less bleeding bums, the better, right? Exactly. 
I mean, and there's only so many seats in the van. That's the thing. <laughs> there's so many seats in the van. Yeah. Um, what are you listening to right now? You got anything new on, on the old jukebox? And you know what? I, I got really into, like, ambient music. Mm. Uh, ironically, guy from Portland. Because um, there was a few there was a few Portland records, like, and I'm talking back in the kind of MySpace days. Yeah. That I used to really, really enjoy a band Helios. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were a Portland thing. And that was, like, the first time I kind of... I always liked music with, like, backwardsy bits and things. Sure, yeah. Um, but... I never really knew that was what I liked, you know, like, and, um, you know, till I got older, but when I'm in writing mode, I stop listening to music cause you just want to hear your ideas coming through, Yeah, which sounds a bit daft to be like, I only listen to my own music. Yeah. Well. Um, but in that, I mean, I'll only listen to like the 10 seconds of this track that I've just written that I really love and I'll listen to that for like five hours. Yeah, in the car, in different headphones. Yeah. Um, Mo Trooper's album, um, or the Portland dude. Uh-huh. I got so many, because it's, it's that like Pacific Northwesty thing where everyone's trying to do a Paul McCartney impression. Uh-huh. And it's so good. Like, <laughs> it's It's so good. I've got a dream of kind of there's one of my friends in the States where we just kind of wanted to do an album for the sake of it. And with technology, I was like, well, we don't have to be in the same place. Yeah. And we did like a master playlist of just all these tracks that we both kind of love. Because we both love that band. They're from Athens called The Glands. Do you remember oh, those Oh, yeah, guys? The Glands. Yeah. Wow, I forgot about them. Yeah. And so we we bonded over the like mutual love and just knowledge of the glands, you know, because yeah. it's a kind of, it's a weird subgroup to be part of. Yeah. And so we, we've kind of got this like great playlist going on. That's I think like all the songs we wish we wrote. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, it sounds like you've got a bazillion things going on and you've got a lot of motivation and energy. I love it. Yeah. It's youth, I'm going to steal some of it from you. Yeah. Um, what are you most looking forward to in the next year? Like a proper, proper full get in the van tour. I, you know what? The thing I realized, and I can, I think I can say this as well because I've played big venues because I do big venues with hands. The pandemic and not being able to see gigs really made me acknowledge that because I've always kind of thought this, but I really, really, I was able to kind of, properly sort of verbalize it to myself mm-hmm. i enjoy music the most when i'm watching a band in a room that maybe maybe is like 250 cap max sure. from 50 to 250 is my absolute golden and i don't care that the sound's worse yeah. You know, like it's it, the show's worse, objectively worse. Yeah, you right. know, um, but I prefer that than seeing like a better show. There are there are only so many bands that I now feel connected enough to when I see them in a bigger venue. You know, mm-hmm. and they have to yeah. be bands. You know, the, the bands that are just have such like an emotional connection. You know, for you. Right. But I don't know whether it's because it's a performing thing as well. Like I get that energy from like being on stage in those rooms 
but I'd prefer to watch a worse show and a worse band in a room where I'm with them. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, I, I kind of like after the hands tour. My favorite thing is always then getting in the van, yeah. getting in the van and playing to no one. It's great. All right, that's rad. All right, well, on that note, um, I'm gonna let you go. But sure. um, thanks for your time. It's great Absolute to see pleasure. you again. Yeah, can't believe it's been over ten years. But over over ten years. Uh, I hope to see you somewhere out there yeah, in the yeah, next yeah. year, Definitely. either in the states or. Wish me luck. I need to go to the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know where we are. We're not going All right. anywhere. Cool, man. All right. Well, take great. care of yourselves if you travel. Travel safe. Thanks so much. All right. I'll talk to you soon. I hope. Fab. See you soon. Bye.